when we come to faith, there's a, there's a process that begins where we have to learn to trust God. And I don't know anybody yet that has perfected that, although I've met many men who have walked with God for many years and they, they've learned to trust God in the greatest of storms. And it's not until a storm comes to our life or to our hearts do we fully understand what I have I've just said. Um, but I want you to know this, that when, when Christ comes into our lives, into our homes, we must expect that everything isn't just going to be calm. And there will be a, a growth process. And in order for us to grow in God, there, there will be times where we will have to learn to either trust in him or, or run around the, the circles and circles until we come to that realization that we need to wait on God and we need to trust him. And I, I see that in the life of Joseph where he had his own personal encounter with God. But in it all, God had to teach him and taught him to trust in him. And that's something that I want to bring it out to us this morning because Joseph was a man of God. He was a humble man of God. He was a quiet man of God. He's not known for his many words, um, which depicts many men, I guess. Um, he was a quiet man, but he waited on God when, when nothing appeared to be going right in his life. Okay, so if you're here this morning and nothing just seems to be going the way that you expected or anticipated, you're not alone. And God is with you in it. And he, he will bring you through it. But it, it will also be an opportunity to, to hear what he's saying to you this morning, to wait on him, to wait on him and he will encourage you and he will speak to you and he'll guard your heart. So let us begin reading together in verse 18 then. Um, Matthew's Gospel, the first chapter, verse um, 18. So this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. That's, that's the scene. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Listen, they need to listen to detail on what, what the writer's telling us. He, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he resolved within himself to break off the engagement quietly. Verse 20, And as he considered this thing, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Ghost, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Verse 24, Joseph woke up that's that in itself there's there's nothing more profound when a when a christian wakes up and sees god in it all and hears god in it all and and when joseph woke up he did as the ends of the lord commanded him and he took mary as his wife but he did not have relations with her until their son was born and joseph named him jesus amen so what i've said is joseph when you do a bit of a study in the life of Joseph, what we realize is there's not much said from Joseph or about Joseph. Joseph was a quiet man, yet used greatly of God. God entrusted into Joseph's hands the Lord Jesus Christ, this baby 
to, to bring up who would one day go to the cross for our sins. What a responsibility that was, replaced, was placed upon this man. And I want to say this to you this morning. Joseph, in his faith and in his calling to serve the Lord, like all believers, he faced moments of uncertainty. He wrestled at times with unanswered questions. Now, you have to look deep into this text and in this man to, to see why I'm saying these things, but you have to trust me, there was times in Joseph's life where there was uncertainty. There was questions that nobody could answer, only God. And he had to learn, too, like us, to trust God and to wait in God. And a bit of a theme, what I, what I felt led for us this morning, is, is this waiting on God in the day of trouble. The, the calling of God in our life and the challenge of faith for us, because there's a challenge to be faithful. And then there's this overwhelming sense of the peace of God in it all that surpasses all understanding that's found in Christ. So our first point this morning, if you're taking notes to help you, is Joseph waited on God in the day of trouble. So Joseph waited on God in the day of trouble. To be a man of God in Joseph's day was like ours. It was unpopular and it was rare. There was an absence of the fear of God in the days in which Christ was born. There was a falling away, if you like, and we'll touch on that briefly in a moment. But listen to what I'm telling you. There was, there was, a, there was an absence of the fear of God in, in the time in which Joseph lived. When the angel had spoken to the shepherds in Matthew's gospel about the birth of Christ, it had been 400 years since God had spoken to his people Israel. 400 years. We sometimes think we get too much preaching and we hear too much we read too many gospel signs. But listen, without the revelation of God, there's no restraint. Without the fear of God, there's no restraint. And we're seeing an abstinence, a famine of the word in our land. Not a famine of the word as itself, but a famine of hearing. And we're seeing the results and the fruits in our land. There's no restraint. And this is the, the generation, if you like, the culture that Joseph lived. There was no restraint in Israel. 400 years had passed from God had spoken. The last prophet was Malachi. And without the word of God in the land, what we know is Israel opened herself up to him. We've touched on it this last few weeks. Um, God had cleansed Israel's house, and because of her, the lack of the word, she had opened herself up to all types of ungodly spirits. Now, Joseph's generation lived in a, in a, in a season where there was no revelation. And because of this, Israel had lost her way, and those who were God's people were far from God. And that's what I want to say to you this morning this Christmas message. There's a call for you, the people of God, to make sure you're not far from God. And how do we make sure Will we ask ourselves, do I wait on God still? Do I wait on God? We read before that when, when we pray, it shows that we understand our dependence upon God. When we, when we don't pray, we say we, we're not dependent. We don't really need God. We don't need prayer. And, and that's what the challenge is in, in its essence to we need to remember the importance of waiting on God because Israel failed to do so when she lost her way. Now, to live for God in Joseph's generation was challenging because there was a darkness in Israel. But as I considered this quiet man of God, there's three things that I noticed about him. He had a deep faith when perhaps not many others did. He had a fear of God, which the nation had lost. And he waited on God. Because I know how he responded to the story. I know how he acted in the story that this was a man that waited on God. He, he didn't just react. He waited. And church, I want to encourage you this Christmas to, 
to remember the importance as this church, as a church, as a church, to wait in God, to keep your faith alive. Amen. Come on, you know me enough. You know me enough. We speak the truth to challenge the church, but we don't want a sleepy church. And I know there's many Christians today have stopped waiting on God. And I'm here as your pastor to say, church, I'm not here to condemn, but I'm here to remind you of the importance for you and I to wait on God. Amen. To keep your faith alive on the fire in your belly, alive or it'll go out. We don't need any more. What would you call it? Sleepy Christians. Joseph awoke to the word of God and he acted upon the word of God and he lived for God. He awoke and, and I pray that's, that us church, we need to wait on God. He waited on God. He, he waited on him in the day of trouble and we need to be reminded to be still in the fear of God because when the Lord comes back, it's no picnic. Do you know, there, there's guys that, that, that I encounter every week that do bits of work for me and the intensity of the conversations and the questions they are asking me of late is nothing else but God moving in their lives. And I'm telling you, there's a fear in them men's heart that the church has lost. There's a fear. They're, they're asking about this antichrist. They're asking about the second coming. They're asking about the judgment. They're, they're asking me about these things and there's a fear on them. Don't be a sleepy Christian or will be caught out. Wait on God and, and meditate on him. Understand when he come that first Christmas, the world was turned upside down. Amen? The world was wrecked when he come. And our world should be challenged when we're living for God. In a moment, Joseph's life was changed forever. In a moment. His dreams, his hopes, in a moment, were shattered. Here's Joseph, the man of God. Can you relate to him this morning? Can you relate to him that your life isn't as you thought it would be? God, why did you allow this happen to me? Well, listen, every man and woman that was used of God understood what it was to have that moment where everything fell apart, where all of a sudden they either had to, to trust in man or trust in God. In a moment, and that moment is captured for us in verse 18 in your Bible. Read it there to see. Listen, we can read over it. We often do. But for Joseph and Mary... This was a moment where everything changed. Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But, but, before the marriage took place, and while she was still a virgin, which is telling, she was pregnant. She was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. But Joseph didn't understand this. And this was Joseph's day of trouble. His wife, who he knew to be a virgin, they, they had not had relations, was found with child. You need to think about that. And I had to think about that for a moment. This is profound. If this happened, when we were there, and we witnessed this in Joseph's life, what would we be saying about Mary? What would we be saying about Joseph? What would Joseph be saying about Mary? You understand, this was a moment where all changed. You can only imagine went through the mind of Joseph. But I want you to notice something, how Joseph carried himself. Oh, how he handled this situation. Now, he thought his wife was unfaithful. His plans to have a life with, his, with Mary was shattered. But yet, Joseph waited on God. Why? How do I know that? Because he acted wisely in the midst of a storm. Christian, how many times have we acted foolishly in that moment? When God was perhaps trying to do something in your life, 
for you to be used of God in a greater way. But instead of recognizing God was taking us on a journey, we acted foolishly. I can say I've done it at least 20 times a year, just in case you're feeling condemned. He, he acted wisely in the midst of a storm. He understood something. He had a relationship with God and he knew that God had his hand upon his life. He knew that because he, he walked with God. Christian, I want to just say this to you. If, if you find today that your hopes, your plans, even your dreams have been shattered, I want to encourage you to wait on God as Joseph did. Wait on God. Find strength in his presence. Do you know what the psalmist says? And there's many of them. But, but Psalm 27, 14 says this. Wait for the Lord and be strong. How many times are we weak because we fail to wait on him? Wait for the Lord and be strong. And let, it says, let your heart take courage. Let it, we have to let our hearts take courage. How many times do we refuse to let something change within us? We refuse to put something right. We, we refuse to say sorry. How many times we have to let the word says your heart be courage, take courage. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. See, the church must not forget the importance of waiting on God. Amen. Is this challenging you this morning? Isn't it challenging? In this busy life, goodness me, we've hardly time to get to bed at nights. I think we put more miles in our car this past year than it's ridiculous. It's a pity it wasn't on mileage, it'd be great. We're so busy, church, and I know you're so busy, and the world's so busy. It's like a picture of Israel when they're under the hands of Pharaoh, flat to the mat, making this and making that, killing themselves under the hands of Pharaoh. Be careful who the prince of this world is. Be careful we're not so busy under his, under his leadership. When the Lord says quite slowly, be still and know that I am God. Wait on the Lord. Be still. Be good stewards of your life. One of the greatest responsibilities we have if you're a parent here this morning is our kids. Is our kids. I heard a woman on the radio giving off about these strikes and she says, how inconvenient it is I have to take off to mind my children. Think of it. How inconvenient. That's true. The world's got so fast that children are set to the side our lives just go on. And then we were reminded that our life was only short. We only had them for a moment. We only, had, we only had this youth for a while. Isn't that right? Church, don't forget the importance of waiting on God. Because when we wait on God, he changes us. He sets us free and he gives us a second wind. Would you like a second wind this morning? But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. A second wind. They shall mount up with wings of eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not. And not. Oh, amen. I have to keep you with me. It's warm this morning. You could be sleeping in them seats. Those who wait on the Lord will not be stopped. Because the Lord gives his people in the appointed time a new hopes, new dreams, a new plan and a new future. And we must learn to wait on God. Now here's something I want to say to you. In one moment of time, Joseph's, Joseph's plans was taken from him. And what I learned was this when I considered that. God had bigger plans for Joseph than Joseph had for himself. Is that you this morning? God's got bigger plans for our life. And that's the challenge of faith. 
believing that God has bigger plans for us than we do for us. It's not a problem. God had bigger plans for Joseph than Joseph had for himself. Now that was the longest point. The next one, um, Joseph held on to his testimony in the day of trouble. He held on to his testimony. This is important, church. I spoke on it last week. The, the greatest gift we can give this world is authentic Christianity, a true reflection of who Jesus was and how he dealt with people. In verse 9, it says, in, in first, uh, Matthew, sorry, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Joseph, to who, 19, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. You need to look at that verse. I understand you have them at the same time as I have, but here's what I see here. Joseph believed that Mary had been unfaithful and he had made the decision to call off the wedding and to get a divorce. Now there were three steps involved in Jewish marriage. There was the engagement itself. Um, usually the parents would determine the, the, the marriage of two children uh, at a young age and then there was betrothal and this was at the set time if the couple agreed to get married. So it wasn't forced marriage but if the couple agreed to get married um, and go on ahead with engagement, they, they would follow through with the betrothal, was, which was immediately binding. This was a legal uh, document, if you like, that they, these two were together, and a divorce would have been required if they were to go the opposite way. And then the marriage itself, and um, that's where the consummation would have taken, taken place on the, the wedding day. That's where the, the tradition of that comes from. So quite frankly, what I'm trying to say is the engagement was a legal binding. It wasn't like today where there's a ring put on and yes it's official but if the couple decide to go their other way there's no court procedures there's no legal document needs signed off so this was the importance of it and so joseph was a, was about to divorce if you like call it off but it's how joseph conducts himself here that got my attention and how he in that moment held so tightly to his testimony the way joseph acted publicly is a credit to him his handling of the situation was God-honoring. And church, how we act in life, especially in their moments, is important, isn't it? Have you ever seen a Christian act foolishly? Don't say me every week. Come on. Have you ever seen it? We know we've seen it. We've seen somebody act foolishly in a moment, just in a moment. And years of faithfulness can be in a moment just forgotten about. That's the importance of holding tight to our testimony. Now, the Bible tells us something here about how Joseph, in dealing with Mary and everything that happened, we're told that this man was a righteous man, a righteous man. He feared God and he waited on God, and by doing so, he protected his testimony. Now, we're told that Joseph set it in his mind to divorce Mary. And this would have been shocking in Jesus' day. Mary's life would have been ruined with the shame of it all. And this weighed heavy upon the heart of Joseph. What a picture of a righteous man, gracious, a man full of grace and full of truth. Joseph had every right to be angry at what was unfolding in his life. Yet even in the valley of despair, the Lord was with him. And that's something to pick up on. Even in our darkest hours, he's with us and he leads us. In the day of trouble, the Lord would guide Joseph and the Lord would keep him. What an assurance, what an assurance we have that when we, when we struggle to hold on to our testimony, that we found out that it's in fact God who's holding on to us. What an encouragement. He keeps us and he guides us. Consider the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, 
I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See the hand of God in your life. Do you see it? It's him. He is guiding you. He is with you. He's with you as he was with Joseph. God kept Joseph in the day of trouble for his name's sake. But listen, we still have control with our choices. How we react, I believe, depends on how our relationship is at the time with Jesus. Because there's times where I found personally where I've been in a good place waiting on God and there's very little can discourage me. But there's been them moments, them moments where I haven't been in them places where I ought to be. I've been treading the shallow waters, not the deep. And it's in them moments the enemy has a foothold, isn't it? Somebody says something, or you say something, or you act foolishly in that moment, you see? That's the importance of waiting on God. Joseph waited on God, and we are told that he resolved within himself. That's where it all starts. Before we make a spectacle of something, we make the decision here, don't we? We make it here. We are told that he resolved within himself not to make a public spectacle of Mary. Now, Joseph could have acted very differently. His testimony could have been one of more of a warning to us and not of an encouragement to us. And how often at times there's been believers that have resolved within themselves to make a public spectacle of God's people. Be careful of this. It's in all of our hearts. By doing so, some of these people have lost their own personally personal testimony. They've let go of it. That's the danger. Church, hold on tightly to your testimony this Christmas. Amen? Hold it tightly. Because there's somebody who wants to take it from you. Learn from Joseph what it is to be a righteous man. Our personal testimony, you know what it does? It glorifies the Lord. Our testimony is a light to the lost people out there. Don't forget it. Therefore, we must hold tightly onto it and act wisely under the influence of the Holy Spirit in the day of trouble. Now, there's a way that the righteous are to conduct themselves. And Joseph resolved within himself not to make a public spectacle of Mary. And I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. And I think I've learned something from him. Neil, resolve within yourself before you do anything. Otherwise, you're going to act foolishly. And you could lose your testimony in one moment. And as we consider Joseph, the stepfather of the Lord Jesus Christ, let us learn from him because he himself acted wisely in the day of trouble. He held on tightly to his testimony and his light still shone even in the midst of a great storm. Church, resolve within yourself not to make a public spectacle. Now, the last point, Joseph obeyed God in the day of trouble. It's hard to obey God when there's, when there's a storm going on, isn't it? It's hard to. I found even praying in the day of trouble, you'd be so glad of a, of, a, of a godly wife or a godly church that intercede and step up. But Joseph, what I learned as I considered this man, he, he in it all, he found the strength to hear God and to obey, obey God. Let me read it to you. Verses 20 through to 25. So Joseph decided to break off the engagement quietly. That's what he just looked at testimony and as he considered this an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and this is where he heard from God Joseph do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Ghost 
and she will have a son and you Joseph are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins and when Joseph woke up he did he did as the the angel of the Lord commanded him and he took Mary as his wife but he did not have relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him do you see the obedience right through that and Joseph and Joseph and Joseph man the responsibility we have and Joseph named him Jesus see Joseph held on to his testimony by waiting on God because I could tell by him his ear was still open his mind was clouded his heart was clouded what was going on before him he had resolved to to, 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 to chase Mary off albeit quietly that's the truth of the man you see he was righteous but he was truth he says I can't live with a woman like this but he'd gotten it wrong but he hadn't realized and he held on to his testimony and here's what I see church and what's for us today the altar of his heart was always open how often and how easy to close this heart off to God as believers he heard the word of God because his heart was open and he acted and by doing so this is what he did he recommitted himself back to God and back into Christian service and some of you this morning need to recommit yourself back to God and back into Christian service amen amen church some of us do some of us have to 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 realize that God was doing something in our lives God was doing something in your church in your home and perhaps we, we acted in such a way without waiting that we found ourselves now waiting and what we need to do is what Joseph done he realized that he had stepped out of what God had for him he was about to walk on with God but God says no how long Joseph go back he went back and he realized that God was doing something in him and through him and he recommitted himself back onto the Lord and back on to Christian service and I pray that goes across every county of this land that, that men and women of God would hear from God today and do just that recommit themselves unto God this Christmas and back into Christian service praise God he took Mary to be his wife as commanded by the Lord he called the baby Jesus as commanded by the Lord. And that moment, that moment, a peace that surpasses all understanding fell upon Joseph. And his heart was guarded. And his mind was guarded. How do you know that, Pastor? Because he walked with the Lord again. And he took Mary to be his wife. And he called the child Jesus. He did what God was looking him to do in his life. Do you see it? Have I explained it enough? Do you see it? He was about to go his way. Does he believe God was saying this way, walk in it? No, it wasn't God's way. He waited upon God. He heard from God. And then there's that peace. Do you want to know if you're in the will of God or not? Have you got peace? Christian, have you got peace in your conviction? Because we know when we're in the will of God, don't we? We know when we're outside the will of God. We know when we're in rebellion, don't we? We, we know. Am I being too harsh this morning? We know. I don't believe I've ever been out of the will of God without knowing it. Didn't mean I didn't stay there. And Joseph could have stubbornly walked on. I'm not taking that to be my wife. What will people say? What will people say if you start being obedient to God? What will people say if you give your life to Jesus this morning? There is a challenge. But what will people think of me? Joseph said, you know something? Depart with people. I've heard from God. Mary will be my wife. I will take this child into my home and I will nurture him because he alone is the Lord Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world. What a calling Joseph had and he could have missed it. What about your calling this morning, Christian? Don't miss it. 
Joseph kept the altar of his heart open in the day of trouble. I want to bring this in to close now. I believe God's been speaking lovely to us this morning. And here's what I want to say again to you, church. Keep the altar of your heart open. Is it open this morning? Here's the thing, right? I want to show you what it's like to be a Christian. Believe you're hearing from God, but you're really not. There's sharp words for you this morning. With the word of God silent in Israel for 400 years, you know what happened? Religion thrived. You know what happens to a Christian when he stops listening to God? He becomes religious. Useless in the hands of God. Because he believes he's got it all right, or she believes he's got it all right. He stops listening to God. Listen to what the Jewish Talmud says. It's a Jewish historical book. It's news for study in Judaism. And it's the Talmud. If you're not sure, you can look it up. And this is what it says about this, this period of time. It says, After the prophets Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi had died, the Holy Spirit departed from Israel. Did you get that? It departed from Israel, but they still availed themselves of the voice of heaven. How deceptive. The Holy Spirit departed from Israel, but yet a counterfeit spirit rose up. Why? Because they still availed themselves of the word of God. But the Holy Spirit had left Israel. Because the Holy Spirit had departed, do you know what happened? Holiness become an outward appearance. The spiritual leaders of the day ministered with no anointing, as did the people of God. How do I know this? The Holy Spirit had departed, plus there was no altar of fellowship with God. The Apocrypha says this, they had torn down the altar and they stored the stones in a convenient place on the temple hill until there should come a prophet to tell them what to do with it. How shocking. Israel had lost their way to such a level that the people forgot what the altar was for. They forgot to worship God. Christian, are you still waiting on God? Is the altar of your heart open this morning? I pray this is stirring you as it stirs me. Oh, how easy we can be a Christian. How easy we can be at church, but how easy we can close off the voice of God like Israel did and yet still claim to hear from him. Church, Israel took down the altar. Their hearts was closed before God. And over time, you know what happened? The next generation forgot. They didn't even know what the altar was for. You know what they done? They took it down and put it away until a man come that could say, listen, guys, you need to build the altar. You need to start sacrificing back to the Lord, atoning for sins, restore your fellowship with God. Make sure you're in the will of God. Do you understand? That? Do you understand? That that's what happened. Now, churches, we reflect this Christmas. Keep the altar of your hearts open in these days. You know what the altar is? It's a place of personal sacrifice. The altar is a place of daily repentance and restoration before our holy God for the church. It's a place of healing in our hearts. The altar is a place where true fellowship and worship happens between God and man. You and God. If you want to know how your relationship with God is, when's the last time you sat on the altar of your heart open before him? The altar is the place where God gives his church the peace that surpasses all understanding to guard their hearts and minds in these days of trouble. Now, Joseph lived in a nation that was spiritually bankrupt, yet his altar, his relationship with God was open, and he recommitted himself unto God. And you know what happened? Jesus was the center of his home. What a picture. I'm going to ask the team to come. Jesus was the center of his home. What do you mean Jesus was the center of his home? Joseph had to take Jesus into his home. Do you see it? And he placed that boy, that baby, the Lord Jesus, into his home. And he walked with him. And I'm going to say he taught him, as I'm sure he did. 
But it wasn't too long that Jesus at the age of 12 was standing in the altar in the temple teaching the scribes and the Pharisees. So I believe Joseph learned a lot from him too. But Christian, church this morning, this Christmas the message is, is Jesus the center of your home? Will you let him in this morning? Amen? Will you let him in this morning? Brother Aidan, I don't want to call you out, brother, but you remember this year, what did you do again? You let him in. You let him in. Saved, but not walking. Let him in. Israel, God's people, the Holy Spirit departed, but they still availed of the voice of God. What voice were they listening to if the Holy Spirit had departed? What spirit was it that Israel took its guidance from if the Holy Spirit had departed? And you know something? The amount of times I rely on this heart to guide me. And what does the Bible say about the heart? It's above all things wicked, deceitful, who can know it? That's where Israel was taking its leadership from, their own hearts. Now, Christian, I know we're blood-bought. I know the Holy Spirit doesn't depart from his church. Thank God, where sin abounds, his grace abounds all the more. So, Christian, if you're in sin this morning, worry not. There's more grace in your life than there is sin. doesn't mean we stay there. And, church, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. We're coming fast at the end of a year, and it's been a tiring year. It's been a long year. In one sense, we've, we've had a lot going on. Thank God, but I'm praying for a greater year next year. You? For, for, for greater problems. More souls saved. More souls res restored. But we need to let Jesus back into our life. And I want to give an opportunity for each of us here this morning, if you mean it, to recommit your life back to God and back into Christian service. Do you know there's an empty world out there crying out for truth? Crying out for truth. Anger in the streets. We've seen a drunk man attack a man and his daughter yesterday in the streets in the name of being a foreign national. One of her own was attacked for being a foreign national in that person's eyes. People is blinded. They're watching wee videos, five-minute wonders. Everybody's a theologian nowadays. They watch a two-minute video and they know it all with no context. What voices are they listening to? What voice are you listening to this morning? I trust it's not a two-minute video. Trust is the voice of God. Will you join me this morning and recommit your life back on